Welcome to Pretty Funny Business, the playground brand we were forced to create in order to corral our founders' nonsensical ideas and general tomfoolery. From the founders of, but not generally endorsed by, Emmy Collective. From this podcast, you can expect off-the-cuff banter on feminism, funny business, and, well, not-so-funny business. Join us out of curiosity, stay for the hot takes and dad jokes. See you soon. I am using a Chrome extension that randomly changes words to French words so that I can learn French better and quicker. The problem being that I don't know French. And so I'm like, echo, annulation. (laughs) (laughs) What is that? Oh, it's French. Yeah. I was just on with a client also who was like, wait, why does Marcato spell industry like that? I was like, oh, this is embarrassing. I That's hilarious. This was years ago. I was working with another consultant at a Tumos and they couldn't figure out why there was this weird code that kept being injected into the email that they were building and it was from Grammarly like injecting those weird <laughs> then it was like actually saving it in the Marketo source code that was really funny yeah they're out to get us well I'm coming down from my hive being an influencer it seems my reign is over can we get a final statistic? yeah it hit five million impressions that's it's not bad impressive probably probably that's it for me I've peaked no more how many reactions did you? Uh, it's like 45,000. Hey, oh. Yeah, pretty good. Pretty good. Not too shabby. Did you also gain yeah, any I gained followers? Like 2,000 followers. <laughs> They're going to be real disappointed. Yeah, what's next? Did anything funny happen to you today? Um, my child knocked over my coffee, so I had to go buy more coffee. Relatable? Anyone? Anyone find that? <laughs> OMG, this is so me. Same. <laughs> Just tag me next time. I feel attacked. I feel seen. <laughs> that was basically it. I mean, it was 45,000 reactions and like over a thousand comments, but it was just those things over and over. Nothing really, nothing else. We need to think of, I mean, I realize that's going to have to be our shtick now, but like, what are all of the just... That I, that I do not think was super basic, but there are many things that are super basic, like coffee. Is there a more basic um, topic that people feel so strongly about that they need to comment on? Right? Yeah. So, so someone, someone did, so we have a couple of topic requests. Someone did request that we talk about all of the business jargon that we hear day in and day out and basically like make fun Mm -hmm. of it. But this person, um, the company that they happen to work for has a ton of business jargon that we have either literally never heard before or is just wrong, plain wrong. <laughs> or it's something like I already said, we've never heard before, but that 
now we're like behind the scenes slacking each other like wait what what's what a smoke that? test you know mean? often when i run into weird business jargon it i mean it's not that it's not weird business jargon but i hear it and i'm like what the hell is this I, did you make this up this feels like something that you made up and then it turns out it's like a developer term you know, it's like something that I teach. Right. Like you, yeah. And I, like, I, I guess, I, especially like as marketing, okay, right. Like, especially as marketing ops advances. And, you know, I think it's a combination of both the industry advancing and like you and I advancing in our careers and getting more technical. Like we are working with more technical people who just throw out these terms because they've been working in IT for quite a long time. And this is an industry standard. And I'm like, what the hell is a smoke test? Like, are you going to light it on fire? Are you blowing smoke at it to see what would happen if it got a little high? I don't actually don't know what that means. <laughs> I think I know what you're getting at because I can use my context clues, but I've never heard the term smoke test before <laughs> is that different than just regular i googled it i did apps. google it and there's a wikipedia page about it that was like this is a software development term and i was like okay so i'm the moron here that's fine it's like a it seems like it's like a quick test you know rather than launching like a full testing schema you like see if you can poke some holes in it real quick today. We're going to hold it up to the smoke alarm and yeah. see. Yeah, maybe that's it. Still don't fully understand it, but at least we know. What's it's the metaphor legit. you're going for here? So what we were laughing about yesterday was that I asked you, when did we start calling like inquiries hand raises? Okay, so I, this has always like, been a thing point, to me. No, no. So I realize that it is more than just one company or and or client that we are working with right now that calls them that. Oh yeah. And also I recognize that verbally, you know, we would maybe say like, and if someone raises their hand, right. you know, X, Y, Z, but for it to be like the salesforce.com campaign name is hand raisers. So what I asked you was, when did this happen? Was I... In no, because that was two months ago, and this has been going on for years. I bet I was under anesthesia when the industry came together and was like, this is no longer what would you call it? the contact us form on the website. Yeah, like demo requests. I think the point okay, cool. is that like you call it some, like you would never put on your website customer facing, here's the hand raiser form. But because those are called many different things, it's like the request demo form or the contact us form or the contact sales form. And they're all like, what can we call this to make it something that someone does not feel afraid to fill out? On the back end, you just refer to them collectively as the hand raisers, the people who have done a hand raise activity. Because sometimes it's that they filled out a form and sometimes it's that they spoke to someone at the booth. We just call these like, in, if it's across the board, it's just like a success, a response, or an engagement. Yeah. If it's talking about high value forms, fine. But I want to know specifically, why did we land on hand raiser? Because this is not what these people are doing. You just said, spoke to someone at the booth. So why aren't these called the speak to someone's? That's not nearly as catchy, Lauren. I don't know. <laughs> That's why we don't call it that because it doesn't make sense. But hand raiser does also not make sense. There are plenty there, of things we say that don't make sense other, anymore. When was the last time you hung up a phone? Well, I don't talk on that. <laughs>
20 years. It's been 20 years since I ended a phone call. But literally, hand raiser, think about it. Like that is, you could not do more of a passive thing. I'm going to sit here and raise my hand and wait. And while my hands are raised, I'm going to fill out this form with my other hand. I mean, that is what you're doing is you are raising your hand by filling out the form and then you wait until someone literally calls on you on your phone. Hand lowers is more like it. (laughs) Hand hand typing. I like that. Hand typing is that what we should call Hand typers. Can we call them can we call them hand typers? I feel better about hand typers than Okay, hand well, we can call them hand typers. Since we are industry influencers, let us now <laughs> proclaim. I am declaring. No more hand raisers. Hand raiser is dead. Long hand live hand typies. Okay, the other thing we were going to talk about was uh, networking, which sounds lame. But I think it's worth talking about because it's how you and I know each other. I would say this is not a topic I'm um, <laughs> And so I would like for you to start so that I can Okay, play sounds off. good. When I was early in my career, many people told me that you have to network. You have to build your network. It's so important. Networking is so important. That's how your career grows is building your network. So I'm like 22 years old. And I'm like, I don't know how to network when no one wants to talk to me because I don't know anything because I'm 22 years old. I thought that the best way for me to network was connecting with a bunch of strangers on LinkedIn, which does seem to be a a tactic that many people employ today. Um, I was scarred for life. This is going to horrify you because you hate talking on the phone. Are you ready for this? I was scarred for life because I connected with some random person that lived in my area and worked vaguely in my industry on LinkedIn and they reached out to me and said, who are you? I do not connect with strangers on LinkedIn. And I was like terrified and I was like, oh no, I fucked up, (laughs) what do I do? So I was like, hi, I'm Sydney. (laughs) And he said, well, I guess I could accept your connection request if we spoke on the phone. Yeah, and I was, like, so scared. I was like, well, clearly I have done something wrong, so I will take this phone call to make this right. Yeah, and I spoke to this man on the phone. I mean, he was... Is this still when I'm sure. I mean, it's not like I go through regularly and clean out my LinkedIn connections. I'm sure he's out there unless he blocked me. (laughs) I hope you listen to this podcast, sir, and know that you scarred me for life many years ago. What, how was your phone call? It was what so awkward. All I said was like, hi, I just graduated college. I'm in my first job. I'm just trying to network. And he's like, well, this is not how you do it, but I'll accept your connection request. <laughs> I like to think on the, phone, on the phone. He wanted to just, I think he just phone? wanted to scold me. And I, we did, t- I mean, this was a long time ago. I don't remember exactly. It felt like we talked for an eternity. I'm sure it was like five minutes. I don't even remember what we talked about, but it was more like he was trying to make a point that his LinkedIn, being a connection of him on LinkedIn was so valuable that he would only agree to it if I spoke to him on the phone. (laughs) Lauren has ceased to exist. This is it for her. That's just like, I'm such a people pleaser that in a situation like that, I was like, I messed up. I got it. 
I have done wrong by this man. I have insulted his integrity as a user of LinkedIn. I I have no yeah, words. Yeah, horrifying. That one, he said that. And two, that you were like, yep, yeah, okay. Uh-huh. Yeah. I'm going to fix it. No, no problem. I'm, I'm all over it. Oh it was like we were in a game gosh, of chicken, no. but I was not going to lose. Okay. This is... I'm not going to say that 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 is not how not to network because, you know, it's not ideal. (laughs) It's not best practice. But that is the absolute worst networking story I've ever heard. That would be a good place to open. Should we maybe talk about the positives? Yeah, okay. Positives are a good one. So, I mean, networking is hard, I think, until you find... It's like once you get your first really good connection... Then it snowballs. Like who is your there. first really good my connection? My first really good connection that is Joe Wrights, who I met as a stranger on the Marketo community. And you know what? We're still pals today. All right, wait. Was Joe Wrights the dude who made you call him? Oh my God, no, no. I don't know. I mean, who knows? Who knows what would have happened? <laughs> I'm so afraid that. I would have probably done whatever that guy asked me to, to feel like I was no longer a burden on LinkedIn as a society <laughs> due to my nefarious LinkedIn connection approach. Okay, so how did you meet Joe? I met Joe on the Marketo community back in the good old days of the Marketo community. And uh, he was working at Fathom at the time, and I was working at Freesia. So I'd, I had not gone to an agency yet. I'd never consulted before, but I knew... I wanted to consult. That was like a career goal. And I reached out to him because he answered a question about the what at the time was called the Marketo, the MCC. Remember what it was called, the MCC? It's like Marketo Certified Consultant, I guess. And now it's, oh. well, then it was the MCSA, and I don't think it exists anymore, actually. It's they have a, a more advanced architecting certification, but it's not limited to partners anymore. Anyway, I reached out to him uh, to ask him about it because I had already done the MCE. And due to my personality type, I was like, well, what is the next test that I can take and pass? And there were none except for this, which I was not even eligible to take. So I was just talking to him about it anyway. And then he invited me to a Slack group that also still exists today. Uh, and we did crew chats for a while. And I became a Marketo champion sometime around in there. I was just like trolling the Marketo community all the time. And I was like, I'll fill out the Marketo champion application. I don't know. The worst they can say is no. And then they said yes. And I was like, why? But okay, fine. Um, And that was it for me. I mean, once I got plugged into that community and Joe plugged me into another group of people like Dory Viscogliosi and Jen Demaria and Rachel Egan and Andy Kemp and lots of people that I'm still very close with today, which is fantastic. There were not strangers that forced me into a phone call when I was so tiny and afraid. They were, uh, you know, I think the biggest thing is that they saw value in talking to me and I saw value in talking to them. This was not like a weird handshake at a networking event where everyone's being a little fake. It was just very authentic. Just a quick post-production note here to say that I forgot to mention the incomparable Julie James, aka Jules, which is a crime against humanity. Jules, I love you and you are amazing. I'm sure I forgot other people too, but Jules was a real OG and made a big difference.
and from being part of the Marketo Champion thing is how I met you. I met you because I met Kimmy, but I met Kimmy from being Marketo Champion. How did you meet Kimmy? Kimmy is one of those people that I could not tell you how we met, but I know we did. But I think it was more of just a mutual awareness of each other for an extended period of time. And then when we actually met, it was not like meeting. You know what I mean? Yeah. I mean, that's how I feel mm -hmm. about you. Like, I don't know if it's a mutual awareness. I knew I mean, you were too. <laughs> but Kimmy would be my person, I guess. But like, I didn't really meet her through networking. I would just say like, she was like, the main like person for me that introduced me to you, the marketing community. I mean, your coworkers yeah, so we are still together. your network. I wouldn't say it's not networking. They totally, totally they are. But she's also a very good friend of mine to this day, and we keep in touch. And I think like there's probably not been a career move that like she hasn't endorsed or supported or helped me in some way. And so I think beyond just building your network to build it, you also build wonderful friendships and relationships. Uh, I think she was like the first champion of the year. Like I, the first summit that I went to was in 2012, 10 years ago. Oh. It was at the Hilton in San oh, Francisco adorable. and it was so cute and small. I met a lot of people there through her that she like had already seemed to have known for years, but I guess that's just kind of, <laughs> she could not have known them for more than like 18 months, you know? And while we were working together, we hired, well, actually I hired Lauren, who also still, you know, works very, very closely um, with Kimmy. But even after I worked at GE, um, Kimmy was the one when she knew that I was like looking to potentially get into consulting that was like, oh, I'm in a Slack group with like a couple of people. There are some people here who are consulting, like, let me introduce you. So that's where I met Edward and Pierce. And from there, once you get into consulting, like you just meet everyone yeah, really true. quickly. It is like basically like speed dating. <laughs> <laughs> I met Edward also in a random Slack group. Like Kimmy and Edward, I know, are in a different random Slack group that is full of like OG people. Um, but this was back in the days when Marketo had a champion Slack group. Were you around for that? Oh, yes. And the drama that ensued. I don't think we're allowed to talk about it due to agreements we've signed, but <laughs> it was juicy. Um, Anyway, I saw Edward posted that Atumos was hiring there, and I knew of Edward because I had seen him speak at Summit before, and I knew I wanted to be a consultant, and I had been in my job for like a year, and I was ready to get out and go do something else. And I was like, maybe I can work at Atumos. I don't know. Do you think they would like me? And then they did. I was just as surprised as anyone, but it went pretty well. I interviewed at Atumos before you did, and they did not like me, so... <laughs> It's all right. Now you get a two most of sloppy seconds. That's me. What? <laughs> I, you know, I think there's absolutely value in networking. Maybe there's a different term. Agreed. Like I have I been hate, to networking I hate events. The term networking. I hate it so much. Really? It's, I think it's, um, let's see, like there is truth to the fact that you have to be proactive. You know what I mean? Like you have to 
when someone says something that seems like it could potentially either benefit you in the future or like just work out well or be a good conversation, um, you time and time again, will come back to those people or work with them again in the future. I mean, even the basis for what Cindy and I are doing for our business is currently every single client is from our network and every single consultant is from our network. And that has happened organically. Like we've not even tried to get a new client or like find a new consultant or do something um, that would be a little bit harder to like fall into a trust pattern with because our networks have like floated us. And it's, I mean, we are enjoying working with people that we already know. I think there's room. Our networks are so big at this point. There's so many people that we know. Um, there's room to work with lots of different people and lots of different kinds of people, but I don't know. I like it. It's been fun. Another like way that networking specifically has improved some of my life um, in small and big ways is a couple of years ago, I had an ex boss like recommend a person she knew to me, like literally for us to just get to know each other because she was like, you just are both similar people and have similar goals. And she's trying to get into consulting. And I know that's a jump that you made. And so she and I met a handful of times just to like chat and catch up and see how things are going. And now she's doing a little bit of like brand coaching. And so it was really natural when we found ourselves in that position to be like, oh, like clearly, you know, Liz is somebody that we could just like hit the ground running with and and trust. So that was like, I think a really cool thing that happened like outside of specific industry networking, but just by getting to know someone for no other reason yeah. than someone that I know had recommended like we would have Yeah, had. I can't think of anyone that is in my network that I know and like have a productive relationship with or like an enjoyable relationship with because one of us was trying to sell the other something, you know, like when it feels very transactional, that's not the same as networking. <laughs> have you found yourself networking anytime recently? My whole life's networking, man. I'm an influencer now. <laughs> uh, no. Well, you know, I, I built Mops Pros on the back of my own network in a lot of ways. It was a lot on the yeah. back of the like champion program and the existing group of people that wanted to be in a slot community together, but I'm still really active in Mops Pros and I still down. talk to lots of people there. And uh, there's like a, a few other Slack groups. I feel like that's where a lot of things are happening right now. And our little industry is in these more private, like private public Slack groups, you know, even though it's, there's like 5,000 people there or something, it still feels more private than posting something out into the ether on LinkedIn. And I really enjoyed building that community. It was like a little bit of a moment of career crisis for me of like, should I abandon marketing operations forever and go just to be a community marketer? And that's something I explored, but not something I chose to pursue at this time. Okay. After I winkle last you really can change directions on this company. Do you want to talk about when you and Crystal were in Palm Springs and discovered that I was available? Due, due to, to LinkedIn. LinkedIn. 
the social network. Somehow the stars aligned and Sydney was awake late night Eastern because she had just had a baby. And I was in Palm Springs with Crystal, one of our team members. And fun fact was Crystal was our the first member of Emmy and we had made the decision that if we were going to be profitable in 2021, that we would go on a trip together to celebrate. And so we did that. We went to Palm Springs, which was a lot of fun. And we were sitting at the Ace Hotel at very late at night, at least I was scrolling LinkedIn and I saw Sydney's post that was um, very upsetting to me that said that she had lost her job while on maternity leave and she was going to be looking for a new job, but really not until August. And I'm pretty sure I was like, oh my gosh, Crystal. Oh my gosh. Crystal and I weren't really like looking to grow what we were doing, but I always say that like I'm, anyway, I'm kind of like a crocodile. (laughs) I might get this wrong, but alligators will like come at you. Like alligators are nasty. Like they will come at you. Crocodiles are like opportunistic feeders. They're going to hang there. And if you walk in its path, it will eat you. But like that's on you. So that's the way I kind of like approach my business model is I'm going to hang out here until something like Sydney crosses my path. And I'm like, like it's now or never. I wasn't looking for like, you know, to grow the business in some way, but I was also like, this would be fun. And the more and more I say things out loud, I probably am an Enneagram seven. Like if you're growing your entire business, based on something being fun. So I sent Sydney a message. And I think at this point, like we follow each other on Instagram. And so I was like, hey, I don't know what you're doing, but we should chat. I am consulting. I have, you know, like some client inquiries. I have more than I can handle. I could either just say like, sorry, no thanks. They don't have bandwidth or we could do this because it would be fun and funny. And then when you got back to me in the morning or whenever, you were like, let's talk. And Crystal was like, oh my gosh, you have to leave the hotel room. You need vibes. You need vibes for this phone call. I was like, you're right. It was like 6 a.m. I got a coffee and was sitting by the pool between the beautiful mountains and scenery of the Ace Hotel in Palm Springs, convincing you, first of all, that I I was legit because I think you and I had never actually like had a conversation before. No, not a real one. Why you should do this, why it should be me after like six hours of you posting this. I was convinced and I think I was correct that like you had already had 28 job offers like as soon as you posted this. Yeah, it was. I regretted posting it almost immediately because I was not, I mean, I was... I don't know. I think my daughter was like seven weeks old and I was not ready to have a real conversation with anyone about anything, but I was just shocked and sad. And all of my coworkers who had also been laid off were posting on LinkedIn. And I was like, I feel like I can't miss the wave on this. There was like 
Google Sheets being passed around of everyone that got let go and to angel investors to pass to these. I don't know. I was like, I guess I just have to participate in this, even though I am not ready to participate in this. It was interesting for me because I had never been laid off before, which is like a weird flex, but okay. And I, so I like clearly never been so upfront about looking for a job before. Even when I was graduating from college, I like, okay, I'm thinking about quitting my job. Uh, Anybody? No, like of course you never do that. But like, I guess the only other time that you would maybe do that is your first job. But even then I got poached out of college. So I, I did not. I just never done this before. And at this point, like my, like we talked about, I had like a pretty strong network and I posted that and I was like, oh, hell no. <laughs> like, I don't want to seem ungrateful or like not appreciative for all of the help and advice that people are giving me and like introductions people are making. Like I would never want to burn a bridge. So I'm like taking all these phone calls. Like, I just like my, my head is not in this right now. And then you reached out to me on Instagram and I was like, I was, uh, I was confused because you were like, this is your job interview. Tell me about your hopes and dreams. Tell me about this. What do you want? What do you want from your career? And I was like, listen, man, at this point, I don't want, I'm not like a ladder climbing kind of person. I want to do a job that I'm excited about. I want to I really enjoy like mentoring and managing people. I like working in Marketo. I want to have astounding work-life balance and like, I don't want my career to cause me to miss anything with my kids, but I also want to make enough money to be able to stay in New York City forever. Those are the things that I want. And you were like, we have to talk. I have to, we need to talk. <laughs> and I was like, okay, so call me. I was making sure you weren't like, hey, I really want to like be a CEO. No, I don't really want to be a CEO one day. I, you know, honestly, my like nightmare scenario is ever having to sit in a board meeting. It's just not, I mean, reflect on the person I was at 22 with this stranger is like, well, I don't accept LinkedIn connections unless I've talked to you. We have to speak on the phone. And I'm like in a board meeting and they're like, well, why have you screwed up this company so bad? I'm like, oh, I don't know. I'm sorry. <laughs> I'm not that person exactly anymore. I've grown since I was 22, but that core person is still there. I would rather do this, which yeah. is fun. And I have a great time. I'm excited to go to work every day. The clients we have are awesome. The people we work with are awesome. I'm not afraid to go to work in the morning. <laughs> That's it. That's all I need, really. No, no, no everyday scaries. No everyday Sunday scaries, scaries. No Sunday scaries. scaries. Good. That's it. Well, that's how networking led us to build a company. Here we are. Boom. Boom. Now we have a podcast. So that's it. we made it. I feel like you did ask Kimmy. I like, did. It, it yeah, I, I checked your references. <laughs> Kimmy and I also mostly talk on Instagram. Like this seems a little bit unhinged. Yeah. Is it okay? I'm thinking about going to work with Lauren. Is that a good idea or a bad idea? And I'm trusting my family's livelihood to this working out. Is that a reasonable thing to do? (laughs) And she said, she said no, but thoughts and prayers. 
No, she said, Lauren's great. Lauren's mm -hmm. the best. You should do it. It would be amazing. What a dream team. She was right. You want to roast any LinkedIn? Oh, I do want to roast. I want, can we roast one LinkedIn post? Maybe two. I got an in-mail that <laughs> was just like a cold in-mail trying to sell me something, which now that I'm an influencer, I get quite a few of those fellow influencers I'm sure can relate, but no, this one was funny and a little unhinged, which I think makes it very appropriate for us to talk about because we're both funny and a little unhinged. Um, but it started with the subject line is gift from my five-year-old daughter said, I attached some art my daughter made for you. She heard me talking to my partner about how I thought you could be a great fit for my company's services. And she went to town. Don't ask me how she got your picture. And this, I mean, this is so stupid, but also hilarious. It's like my LinkedIn headshot plus their logo and a bunch of pretend kids stickers and like a font that looks like crayon writing. That's all their value props, which I don't know. I, just, I mean, this is so dumb, but it's also so hilarious. I don't have a need for their services, but I did reply to it because I thought it was so funny. And you know what? It's human, which is all I'm really looking for out of any of these messages is something that's not so corporate, not so boring, not so scripted. Even though clearly her five-year-old daughter did not draw this. We don't even know that she has a five-year-old daughter. Like they oh, they sent you one too. Love it. Doesn't have her picture, picture on it. On it. So someone's comment. making these. <laughs> that five-year-old daughter, it's like, this is child labor. It does remind me of when I had a car <laughs> and I would get random direct mail that looked like Sydney, my boss is looking for a 2012 Toyota Prius C in your area. And it's like a sticky, a pretend sticky note stuck on top of a pretend handwritten memo on a legal pad. That's like, need more 2012 Toyota Prius C. <laughs> someone's, someone's job was to print all of these and put them in an envelope and send it to my house for me to put in the trash. Cool. All right. What's your LinkedIn post to roast? I liked this post that is also not really a roast because I thought it was bold, but also it made me super anxious. So I read most of it and then sent it to you like, oh my gosh, look at this. So it's another hyper-focused, I guess, like ABM advertisement. However, they did it very publicly. So they posted on, like made a LinkedIn post to their target publicly of a bobblehead of this person. I'm not sure if I'm explaining this correctly. And basically like tagged them in public and said, hey, I have this bobblehead waiting for you. All you need to do is like take a phone call or something. And then basically the person said like, yes, I'll take the phone call. And she ended up saying not because of this post because of the peer pressure. <laughs> I mean, yes, you can't be the person that just doesn't <laughs> you have to do it at that point. That's like, no, after all this, right. Like, after everyone being like, do what? Do what? I don't know. I can't, I was not prepared to How would you feel up this post? How would you I feel want? if someone did that to you? If there was a post that you were tagged in with the picture of a bobblehead that they had made of you? 
I would have to say, like, this is super unfortunate, but I will not take phone call. I don't do that. Just on principle? You don't like the peer pressure? Oh, uh, no, I don't. (laughs) I don't understand. You do Zoom calls with clients all the time. It's different. I don't know. Like, I'm the type of person, like, I will not order a pizza. Like, I will go in and order the pizza in person. Fine. I will order the pizza on DoorDash. Fine. I will text to order a pizza. I will not call and order pizza. And my husband is like, why? What is your fear? Like, is your fear that you're going to call and they're going to be like, I'm so sorry, ma'am. We are out of pepperoni. Yes. (laughs) I don't. I cannot relate, but I also really had to work through my phone call trauma at a young age due to my networking snafu. I would say that I have several friends and ex-coworkers that I consider close because they have made personal phone calls on my behalf several times. Oh. So thank you, Liz, Catherine, Amy. What if you need to schedule a doctor's my husband. appointment? Does Mikey just do it for you? I don't do that. Yeah. I schedule, I typically, I schedule like when I'm there, like I just before I leave. So you just have to do these as a chain. If you don't schedule the dentist appointment at your appointment, then you're not going to the dentist. Nailed it. Or like my husband will be there. I'll be like, just schedule for me when you're there. Have you spoken to your therapist about that? Are we going to lose customers? Are we going to lose customers? No. I mean, No. I do remember I called you that one time and you were like, phone calls are for emergencies. I was like, oh, okay. <laughs> That's fine. Well, what did you call me for? I called you because I was that? scheduling I was like, a flight and I was like, I want to make sure that this is the right dates and everything when I'm going to come. I have five minutes to do this right now. Okay. Well, on that note. All right. Hey, oh, we forgot to just announce some good news is that we have enough listeners to have real <gasps> No ads. more of my fake ads. So I don't know post-production where it's going to be, what it's going to sound like, but I think when I cut, we'll be very close to the front because I think the more people that listen to the ads, the more pennies we will see. And I mean literal pennies. Like we will make I can't cents. wait for 48 cents. I would like to thank our 53 listeners who allowed us to qualify for advertising on this here podcast. Throw it over <laughs> to you, Anchor FM. Like and subscribe. Share. Tell everyone.